Okay, um, I don't do this much. I do it in front of children, and I feel very comfortable with that. So um, I have asked some of my friends. I'm in a, a couple Bible studies, I have my fellowship group, and also um, a Monday night Bible study. And I feel very supported. If you're not in a group, you should be, because we really love each other. And this morning, I got two texts and a prayer of somebody on a walk. And I'm going to have my friend Melissa pray her prayer to you right now that I got on my on my text. Is that all right? It was so blessed. What a blessing to me. Can you come up and do that? I want you to know what kind of love people have for each other. Go ahead, Melissa. Okay, um, so this morning I'm going to talk about something. I'm going to bring this over. And I'm going to talk about the power of the purse. Got my purse. And this talk is not about money, although you do keep your money in your purse. Um, and in money is power. <laughs> Excuse me. In a lot of people's perspectives, so some people see money as power, but I don't think that we believe that that's really the power that we really want to have. And this also isn't really the ta a talk about the power of women, although that's a pretty hot topic these days too. That women maybe have been subjugated in the past and not given the rights and privileges that they felt that they should have, and um, that's probably really true. But what I've is that God in the Bible always loved women, always respected them, always gave them special privilege. The first ones to see Jesus were women, exactly. So he gave women many honors that were usually not given to people in their culture. But um, I wanted to start, so what is the power of the purse? Well, my mom has a little black purse that she keeps close to her all the time. She's now 94, and we moved her up here from Florida. She lives in, you know, I might have to move this to the other side, otherwise I think I'm going to keep clicking it on this microphone. Um, she lives in an apartment in Ben Salem in a place called Juniper, and she goes to bingo and Bible studies. She goes to exercise classes every other day and awesome meals, and with her right by her side, as she uses her walker, is her purse. And if she gets away from her walker, her purse comes off the walker. Or if she's with me, she goes, where did I put my purse? She wants that purse right next to her. And I can understand that because I one time, probably 40 years ago, went to a wedding rehearsal. And I had my purse. I set it down in a pew. And I brought the couple something that I had made for them before their wedding. So I gave it to them, and when I went back to get my purse, it was gone. Someone had stolen it, and when I had come, in, come into the foyer, there had been a man kind of 
looking out the window talking to himself. And in retrospect, I knew he was the guy that had taken my purse because nobody knew who he was. So he stole my money and threw my purse behind the church in the forest there at Davisville Baptist Church. Two years later, somebody found my purse filled with maggots, dirt, worms. Um, my credit cards were still in there, but the check I had cashed, my, my paycheck for the day was gone. And um, I wish I had kept my purse closer to me, like, like my mom does. So I like a good story as much as anyone. And I think the Bible is filled with amazing stories. And I know some people have gone to see Downton Abbey. But, you know, I don't think Downton Abbey has anything on the Bible. And the stories that are in the Bible, the narratives, the accounts of people. And I've been reading through this thing about how to pray for your kids. And so you read the New Testament, you read the Old Testament, you read the Psalms, you read the Proverbs a little bit every day. And I was reading in 1 Samuel 25. And I think you're going to love this story too. It's about a woman who was confident and powerful. And I was impressed by her, and her name was Abigail. So when I thought about Abigail, what's Abigail like? Abigail's like April. April, can you come up, please? So I asked my friend April to portray Abigail, and we had a wonderful time yesterday dressing her up. Um, Abigail um, was beautiful, with long, stunning hair, um, confident, impressive, intelligent, full of wisdom and insight, and wealthy, very wealthy. So Abigail was very wealthy. However, Abigail in this narrative in Samuel is married to a very wealthy man named Nabal. He has 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats, but he was uncouth, ill-mannered, stubborn, and bad-tempered. Not the kind of guy you really want to be married to. And I ask myself, which maybe you do too, because in our culture, we would feel like, what did she do? Why did she do that? But maybe she didn't do it. It could have been perhaps an arranged marriage. Okay, an arranged marriage, we don't know. Maybe his real colors showed later after they were married. Maybe she made a poor choice. I don't think we really know how Abigail got into that situation. But she was in it. And sometimes I think we find ourselves in situations we don't really want. We don't desire. We didn't ask for them. But we're in them. And it doesn't have to be a marriage. It can be a lot of things. Um, you, you have your situation. I have mine. That we think, this wasn't a situation I wanted or asked for, but we're in it. So it's how we handle those situations that makes all the difference in our lives. I suppose Abigail could have also become just like Naboth. You know, after a while it wears on you, right? That you can become nasty, belligerent, feel like you'd have your rights too and you just want to fight back. Um, so she could have been distasteful and despiteful too, but no. I think she was a woman that we can all admire. And she stayed that way. Well, in the Bible, there's these things that happen. It'll say, it came to pass. And it so happened. Remember when we did that? <laughs> so it just so ha- And I don't think those things are coincidences. It didn't just come to pass. God knew it, and God planned it, and it happened just at the right time. So 
It just so happened that David and his soldiers, now David was about to be the king of Israel in not very long, and it happened that David and his soldiers had helped Nabal's, her husband's, um, so, uh, shepherds when they were in their flocks, all the flocks that he had. David's men were soldiers, and they were around, and they found themselves there to protect Nabal and his flocks. Well, not Nabal. He wasn't around the men. And so it happened in Carmel that Nabal was shearing his sheep, and David's men needed some food. And so they asked Nabal's men if Nabal would make a contribution of food to them. Now, Nabal, being the man that he was, had no generosity or any kind of civility in him, and he sneered at the men and said, Who's David? Who does this guy think he is? Lots of men run away from their masters. Am I supposed to take my bread and give it to a gang of hoodlums like David and his men? He saw David as an insignificant, unimportant man. I don't think he was in the know about what was about to happen. He said, he comes from God knows where. And the thing is, God did know where he came from, right? So David's reply to Nabal was one that was full of anger. He got angry, and he got his men. Well, Nabal's scorn and abuse were what brought it on. But he instructed his 400 soldiers to gird their swords and go in and kill all of Nabal's men and family. All of, these happen- all of these happenings were going on unbeknownst to our Abigail. Sometimes difficult and terrible things are happening around us, and we don't even know. There's no one that told us, or we haven't been aware, or we don't know that the, the shoe's about to drop. And so she did not know what was about to happen. But God knows all the things that she needed to know. And he brought them to her because she needed to know what was transpiring. And it so happened, again, that God let her know. All of Nabal's men knew that he was a brute, but they knew she was a gem. One of them went to Abigail and informed her and said what, that David had helped them tremendously. And now he was going to kill them. While we were there, he was a wall around us. So let me read this to you. When Abigail saw David, she quickly dismounted and bowed low before him. I accept all the blame in this matter, she said. My lord, please listen to what I want to say. Nabal is a bad-tempered boar. She said that about him. Wow. But please don't pay any attention to what he said. He is a fool, just like his name means. And his name does mean fool, which, what mother? I don't know. (laughs) Please do not name, some of you are pregnant, do not name your, your baby fool. Don't name them Nabal. But I didn't see the messengers you sent, sir, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands. I pray by the life of God and by your own life, too, that all your enemies shall be as cursed as Nabal is. And now here's a present that I have brought you and your young men. Forgive me for my boldness in coming out here. The Lord will surely reward you with eternal royalty for your descendants. For you are fighting his battles, and you will never do wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek your life, you are safe in the care of the Lord your God, just as though you were safe 
inside his purse. But the lives of your enemies shall disappear like stones from a sling. So Abigail um, knew that he was a stubborn man. And the men even knew that worked for him that he, they said, he is such a stubborn lout, he will not even list, let us talk to him. So you know what Abigail did? She got a feast together. She was more than beautiful. She was shrewd. She was wise. And she packed up a feast of 200 loaves, two barrels of wine, five dressed sheep, two bushels of grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, not a hundred raisins, a hundred cakes of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs. Now she packed up this feast and she sent it directly to David, but she did not tell her husband. Now, I don't know about you, but that clicks off in my mind. I'm a little nervous about that she did that. And she wrote up to David, and he was saying to his men, a lot of good it did me to help this fellow protecting his flocks. He gives me evil for my good. And when Abigail went up, Abigail's voice, you heard it. She was humble. She bowed before him. And David was saying, I will curse this man and his family. But Abigail went to him in humility. So if you were thinking about what Abigail was like, and you wanted to kind of describe her as a person, tell me some of the things that you feel you see in Abigail as a woman. Just shout them out. I'm sorry. Courageous. Humble. Wise. Yeah. With her boldness, right? She was really bold, but she was humble and gentle. I mean, she took the blame sort of for something that I don't think was even her fault, but she saw it as a family thing, like when people pray for the nation, yet we pray for our sinful nation, but we might not all be doing all the sinful things that are happening. So I love that phrase when I came to it. It's in the Living Bible. It's different in some of the other Bibles, but it says, You are safe in the care of the Lord just as though you were safe inside his purse. And we've written it on your little paper there. And um, so, and she said at the end, when the Lord has done great things for you, David, please remember me. And oh, did he remember her. Okay, now my wallet was safe inside my purse, but it wasn't close to me. That was the problem, right? So at this point in the narrative, I asked you if you could have, anybody have any other thoughts in, um, about what Abigail was like? Because I wrote, I wrote some down, too. Um, I had more time to think about it than you did. But Abigail was wealthy, shrewd. She was wise, wealthy because of Nabal. So he did bless her in some ways. Um, she was efficient. Boy, she got that meal together and sent it before David had the chance to kill them all. She was politically astute. I think she was more politically astute than Nabal because Nabal was really a fool to do that to David. (laughs) You know, David was about to be in power. And she was humble yet bold. She was direct, and she trusted God. She went right to tell him the things that she was supposed to tell him. Now, I'm going to say that she was honest later. (laughs) You might question that, but we'll talk about it. She was complimentary. She blessed others. She was a good speaker. She presented herself well. She was very logical. Did you hear that argument she gave David? 
how you wouldn't want to be a murderer and have that in your head when you're going to be king. That would be hard for you. Reasonable, she knew and obeyed the law. She was very persuasive, yet not manipulative. And yet, in the end, a wonderful thing happened to her. Um, she was respected by all, and I'm going to say that she was honest. And so this is how I'm going to get to that point. Um, I don't think that we as women should lie to our friends, our husbands, our children. I think that that's wrong. Um, and, and yet I do know, even in my own marriage, I guess my husband left, but timing is critical. Oh, there you are. <laughs> timing is critical. So, um, you know, when, when somebody's in the middle of something, sometimes you do need to wait for the right time to tell them not to be manipulative, but to be honest. So when um, she went home from her mission with David, she got back and she went straight to tell Nabal what had happened. And he was partying and roaring drunk. So she didn't tell him about it till the next morning. And when that happened, he, the Bible says his heart died, he became like a stone, and he was paralyzed. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I don't think most things, <laughs> I see you laughing, Luna. He was paralyzed, and he died 10 days later. So the Lord did bring Nabal's evil deeds right back onto him. Sometimes that's just how God works. So I want to get back to the phrase, you are safe in the care of the Lord, just as though you were safe inside his purse. How safe would David have been if Saul was after him, if he's safe in the purse? Saul had all the army at his command, but he was safe inside the purse, God's purse. Would he be killed? He couldn't be. God promised that he was going to be king. He was safe inside the purse. Where do you keep your purse? Like my mom, right? You keep it close to you, or you should, or you'll have it stolen like I did. Um, my mom keeps hers close beside her because it carries her valuables. God keeps us close and safe because we're valuables to him. And another version says, um, we're safely tucked in the place where the Lord our God protects the living. So I think that's exactly what God did, not just for David, but don't you think he did it for Abigail? How did he help Abigail? She had no clue. She was about to die, right? When David planned to kill her household, he brought Nabal's own men who respected her because of her life and character, to inform her about her circumstances. David knew her intervention was from the Lord, too, and she was a blessing to him. Now think about it if it was somebody else in the Bible, Jezebel. Anybody know the name Jezebel? Do you think anybody would have gone to let Jezebel know what was going on? I don't think so. So I really think that her character made all the difference. And she wasn't seeking to play up to him or to get something from him in the end. But David was no dummy either. He knew a good woman when he saw one. And as soon as Nabal was dead, he sent his men to ask her if she would marry him. She got five servants together, and she went and married David immediately. She became his wife. So how quickly life can change in the hands of God. So don't underestimate the power and influence of a woman of character, right? And I have to say, my Abigail April is exactly that kind of woman. I was in school with her and know that that's true of her. So I'm excited about your life. Abigail was a woman of character. She trusted God and was safely tucked inside of her purse. So 
Are we? Are we safely tucked inside his purse? Are you safe in the care of God? Do you feel like you know God? If you don't know God, he wants to keep you safe inside his purse. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for all the things that we've done wrong so that we can know for sure that when we die, we won't be. Remember how he said that his enemies would be cast aside like a slingshot? I could not find my slingshot downstairs, but I have one. But instead, we should be tucked safely inside his purse. So God says that you, you and me, can be safely tucked inside his purse, that we would be close to him, and that we, when we die, we can go to heaven when we die because we are safely tucked in his son who's paid for all the things we've done wrong. If you've never trusted in Christ as your savior, you need to do that. There is no other way to know God and get to heaven except through Jesus in being safe in him. And for the rest of us that do believe, he's there keeping us in his care, keeping us tucked in his purse, even when we're not being faithful to him. And God knew Abigail's story. He knew that um, he had a plan for her life. And did you notice she didn't really escape her difficult circumstances right away? It took a while. I mean, and she had to be faithful in those circumstances. In fact, I don't know if you noticed this, but when she gave that food to David and his men, she basically was protecting her husband's life. So she wasn't the one killing him. She didn't try to hurt him. She didn't say things to him that we know of that were evil or mean or degrading. And she um, was the one that brought him protection. So God knows our story, and he knows how to protect us in our circumstances. Can you see God keeping you safely tucked in his care? I think some of us complain sometimes that our circumstances aren't what we want them to be. And Abigail didn't. She used her gifts to bring peace and blessing, and I think that's what we need to do. So what's the power of the purse? The power of the purse is in our own power. It is in our money, right? It's not our female wiles. It's the protecting power of God in us. We have to act with his power to have dignity, character, and influence, and we can be like Abigail in our lives, to rise above negative circumstances to not let them define us. I don't think, when I think of Abigail, I think of Nabal defining her in any way, shape, or form. I don't think you do either. So we don't have to act arrogantly in our feminine power. We just let God control our circumstances and let him keep us safely in our purse. So this morning, in front of you, you have some candy, but it's a little purse, So that can help you remember. But also, we carry a purse everywhere with us. You know, most of us do. I mean, some people um, put their phones in their pockets or whatever. But if you have your purse, that can be a great reminder of that verse. It's 1 Samuel 25, 29. And it says that he will keep you safely tucked in his purse. So thank you for this morning. Hope you've had a great time. We've had a great time together. Um, We appreciate you being here.